Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. We're here at IMAX America 2018 in Las Vegas and joining us today is Michelle Polsey with Caesars Entertainment, um, master uh, culinary and catering expert for uh, that large organization. Thanks for joining us, Michelle. Thanks, Tyler. How are you today? Very good. good. Very good. And we actually uh, did a little video shoot. You'll probably see uh, a little later, depending on when you listen to this, in uh, Caesar's Palace's Bacchanal uh, uh, Buffet. Bacchanal Buffet. First thing this morning before it opened. It was awesome. Yeah, and it's just the most amazing buffet. I, the word buffet doesn't do it justice, I don't think. It's a culinary masterpiece. It really is. And uh, so, uh, Michelle, why don't you tell everyone what you do for Caesars? Well, I think I have the greatest job. I get to oversee catering sales for the eight Las Vegas Caesars Entertainment properties. So everywhere from Planet Hollywood down the strip to Caesars and then concluding with the Rio. So I have a team of wonderful women um, that get out there and get after it and sell catering-only business uh, to the country and, and overseas as well. And I think you said you started at Rio. Uh, I did. Yeah. A long time ago. No, Rio, uh, Rio was a, like a nucleus of like a lot, a lot of awesome things happening. It was like one of the first hotels of its time to have a nightclub, like a nightclub that you see today. The yeah. first hotel of its kind to have the buffet and really a wonderful meeting space. So everybody that got blessed with the Rio is very, we're very, very fortunate and we're still a very close-knit group of people today, whether we still work together or not. And is that still in your email address, maybe? I thought I saw Rio, huh? I think once you start with a domain or your email address, it's yours to keep forever. So through, it was, there's... It, any email you send me that has any of our properties gets to me, give or take. If you're a new customer, I just say it's Caesars, but it gets routed through the Rio. It's a crazy and, thing. Yeah, how did you, I, I think people in our industry are always curious about how people got their start and how do they sort of worked up to where where they're at. Uh, how did you? Where did you start at the Rio? Well, I actually graduated from UNLV, um, proud and, and a native of Las Vegas, which there's very few of us and went to Boston for a year with Interstate Hotels as a management trainee and then went to San Diego for five and wanted to get back home where uh, mom and dad were and um, the friend of the family worked at the Rio and he said I want a first shot at you if you ever come home and when I came home that was the spot that was open and there began my career in catering. And so uh, what, would, what, did, what was catering like then and how is it different uh, than the way it is now? Pricing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I remember in coming from the San Diego market, which was a little bit more expensive, and I remember coming to the Rio, and mind you, that's 1997, and a three-course chicken dinner was $16.50. Uh-huh. And you're like, holy smokes, and we were maybe charging $35, $40 in San Diego, so it was that, that culture shift at the time. Yeah. And now Las Vegas has gone completely opposite. It's you know yeah. rebounded on the other side of pricing. So back in the day, I think that that was like kind of the, the most unique um element of coming out to Las Vegas was the pricing structure, was the amount of space and the flexibility, and over the years to the properties growing from small space to big space and seeing the evolution has been pretty fascinating. And also, I mean, food now is as much about the taste as uh, the other senses and, and entertainment. It is, you know, we, we 
kind of shy away from um, well, really asking customers what they want. I mean, it, what's their goal to have everybody sit down at a plate of meal? Is it to network? Is it to um, is it to enjoy the food? I mean, everybody wants to enjoy the food, so we're kind of like guidance counselors, so to speak, with customers to kind of help them navigate through a bunch of menus to try to get to the end result or really what they want to have for, for their event. If it's a working lunch, as it needs to be fast. If it's like a leisurely lunch, if there's a speaker and, and really put them in the right space at the right time and the right property. I mean, what sort of questions should a meeting planner ask you uh, when they embark on their culinary adventure at Caesars? We know the great thing is that one call and you can talk to one person that can check space at eight properties. Uh -huh. So the beauty of it is, um, like if space isn't available at Paris, we can check Caesars Palace or Planet Hollywood. So the customer doesn't have to hang up the phone and call eight different eight different you know hotels. And in addition, a lot of times they need to get bids regardless. So they might want your property, but they still have to call and get bids. So you can allow them the difference because we have different price points that are different properties to kind of go all in and say, here's the dates we have available. And here's and here's the price structure for each because there some of the properties are similar but some are a little different. And um, we know what sort of advice do you give them when they're planning out a menu? Uh, you know, if, if regionally especially, like go with what the chef is known for or ask their suggestion. If it's a special event, of course, if it's a four-day convention with breakfast and lunch, you know, menus have a purpose, and that's your purpose. But if you have something really special, you know, engage your service manager, engage the chef, and, and ask them what their specialty is, because oftentimes that's what they love to cook. Yeah, I hear that. I talk to chefs a lot, and they're like, just come back and ask me. I can work in your budget. There's certain things that are maybe seasonal. Yeah. Las Vegas is a little tough with, with seasonality, but that's certainly the case. But there's better product at better times of the year, and so you're going to get a much more robust menu if you flow with what they're doing. We were talking about Atlantic City earlier and just the seafood and the fresh vegetables. And there's their menu their menu mix is very heavy on vegetables and seafood, where in the West, the West Coast customer isn't as heavy on those items because they're not abundant in pricing and, and a good quality. Mm -hmm. And um, so tell us more, uh, you know, about the Atlantic City offering there. I mean, we're, we're in Vegas now, so we're just, we sort of uh, default to talking about Vegas. Right. But I've been to Atlantic City a bunch of times to, uh, to, you know, to your property there, and uh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it, it, and when we opened up the Waterfront Conference Center, that was my first time kind of just going out and helping. Like, they needed another uh -huh. set of eyes and hands, and that started to uh, continue on when we did customers to go out there and keep doing the same thing. So that lets me to have some fun and to get out of Las Vegas sometimes and go be creative in other areas. Areas. But the chefs are wonderful. The product's amazing, and it's just a, it's just different in in their concept of food and beverage. And I think it's it's really quite fascinating. Lots of boardwalk bites. I mean, they celebrate the nostalgia of Atlantic City uh, and where they're at. Um, but they also have like really high end um, banquet food as well. Uh huh. And what are some of the trends uh, you're seeing uh, at your different properties for uh, catering? Well, in the morning, I mean, I think gone are the big continental breakfast or uh -huh. the breakfast buffets. I think we're all coffee snobs now or morning oh, breakfast yeah. snobs. So, you know, does the hotel you're staying at have an in-room coffee maker? Is that going to do you? Are they going to go downstairs to a coffee bean or a Starbucks? Or And I think that people's immediate need for in meetings was to go and have to have coffee. And with yeah. that, you have to have food. And I think people just eat differently in the morning now. That yeah. you can breakfast or developing to more of an a la carte like offering of healthy and, and some 
you know, decadent sweet and pastries and muffins, but more in the healthy front, like we saw this morning, like the chia seed parfaits and granola and Greek yogurt and um, like overnight oats. So it, the, the breakfasts are kind of shifting to a more healthy track. And with that, house made anything is always good. So we're like granola, I'm just a real fan of these days yeah. or anything with oats. It goes good with breaks and breakfast. And again, you don't, you're not getting a granola bar in a package, a pre-made package, right. unless you want it to go and put it in your handbag, but you're getting something that's really, really good and wholesome and healthy, and we try to watch our refined sugars in those items. And it probably gives you a good, uh, steady fuel for the morning, too? Yeah. Uh, the thing we just did in Atlantic City a couple weeks ago were these really cool energy balls, and they were made with peanut butter, and we, you know, we included all the protein powders, and it was just something to get. It was a little sweet, but not like overly, you know, coinly sweet. But it was like a great way to give something different that was one and two bites. Uh-huh. And you, you constantly, I think, as a caterer, you're trying to manage the good with the evil. So the super salty and savory was something sweet and decadent to like kind of cover what people are craving at all times. Yeah, and I. And I noticed, uh, well, I talked with you earlier, and you were saying uh, bite size and handheld things are yeah. really popular now. And that's, we talked about the food truck revolution, right? Yeah. And sometimes food truck, you know, they, they can come with a, like a, they're pretty sizable. But, you know, I think that the vessels that we have in, in banquets now that we can get versus 10 years ago, and gosh, I don't know when it changed, but from the bamboo plates to the, the PC cups to the items that look like mini crock pots, uh-huh. you can do all these really kind of cool composed dishes in an event and not necessarily have the big buffet that we've seen in the past and with that sliders and hot dogs and handheld again nostalgia and and very recognizable food that people love to eat but a different take on it if it's a hot Nashville sandwich versus maybe a red hot and blue cheese chicken slider and the same thing with the the turkey burgers and ostrich burgers and all sorts of different things like that with great composed like mayonnaises and onions and pickled vegetables so it's really like a really great avenue to get something hearty and fresh all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I've even heard that a lot of times they'll kind of have fake uh, facades of food trucks too yeah. that they can roll in just to provide that environment. Either you can buy a food truck out, and sometimes it's more economical than having a, a DMC come in and build a fake facade. So yeah. it just depends because with right, the large uh, group, you can't produce the food that you want to out of that small kitchen, but you but you you get the vibe of it. You know, you get the lights and and the action of the whole thing, and that is a backdrop, and it kind of gets people excited about it. You're doing a similar menu in, in the case where we've done it that the food truck is so if you have a grilled cheese food truck of course you're going to want to be doing a grilled cheese and not necessarily a, a ramen bowl um, per se but it kind of just helps click in the theme and gets people thinking and excited as they wait to get their their items and people want that excitement these days they just it's not a good enough just to have a good tasting food it needs to kind of wow people in an entertainment sort of fashion. And I think food trucks are more than one or two bites, but you can try lots of different things yeah. and like culturally like go like really all in and decadent. So I think that that's really, really amazing. I think that food trucks, everything has an egg on it nowadays. So that's the one trend. I'm ready to go away because I don't like eggs on everything. Right. But I think the sandwiches, you just kind of get that overload of that last little hit of fat. And, right. and so I, every gooey and cheesy and like that's again nostalgia and what we want. We were eating what we shouldn't be eating that we're like, gosh, we're at a conference and let's and let's really enjoy. Right. And um, and how about all the different preferences or re- just requirements today? I mean, it's amazing. How does someone tough. like you deal with that? You know, you ask the question for dietary restrictions and people put it down. And, and you know, there's people. Uh, 
sometimes when it's so much, if you have one or two people that are so much, will actually say, what do you want us to fix for you? Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the 50 million things that you can't eat, but what would you like me to fix for you? Right. Um, I think, and as you see most of our menus now, and a lot of the legend charts on our menu cards, it's really stating what's gluten-free and what's vegan. So when you're helping a planner plan along, you know, you can have a, an Asian salad that you can make vegan and don't necessarily need to put chicken and do a, a, a soy-based dressing versus a, a cream-based dressing. And then, like, the average person thinks it's an awesome salad. Right. But if you're vegan or vegetarian, you know, that's for you or, or gluten-free. So that's, I think, the charge of the chefs to try to come up with really great things that cover the spread. You're still going to want to have your meat items and your pasta items, and, and but just to kind of have enough things that you're not leaving people out. And if you truly are allergic, and, and most people, like, when they come to meetings, and I'd say it's probably 99% of people, they're going to eat what they know that they can eat. It's the one or two people that just, like, make the whole thing about them and, like, shut down and, like, I only had five things to eat and there was a buffet of seven things. So you yeah. have to just, like, what what's the exception? And really you rely on your meeting planner to say, what do you want us to do for that person? Will they make do with the five things we have and not the seven? Or do we need to make alternative arrangements for them? And the meeting planner should really do that homework up front and make sure that folks like you know that. Right, because you don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. And, you know, we even, like, Definitely. I have one of my dear colleagues, he's gone vegan, and just to eat with him in a meal and you look and you're like, have a vegan meal and then to him to be the last one to get served right so we in a lot of our properties we try to focus on the special meal request to be the first ones to get served because yeah. those people are oftentimes left out or the uh -huh. whole table sitting waiting and you're like I just didn't want beef tonight you know and it's like try to get over that that stigma of it's not a bad thing to do a special meal request and then some people just move the food aside that they don't want to eat you know that's, right. that's a lot of people you may not love steak but you want the salmon and that's okay you're gonna eat around it but a lot of people do that as well but I think it when it comes to those not really a preference but those severe allergies that you really want to be mindful and and really like let the banquet team know who you are and first thing when you sit down I'm the vegan meal or is there dairy or are there nuts in here here's my thing because ultimately we want to take care of you as a customer yeah and I when you say they shouldn't be disappointed that is so important because I also have a, a dear friend who's a, a vegan and uh, it's like we sort of joke with each other that they're gonna bring her a cruddy little, uh, you know, packaged salad or something, or it is. Yeah, we were. Um, I was at a conference, not at one of our properties, but I was at a, con a catering conference, and the poor guy got tofu and vegetables every single day. Now yeah. at the time, he was just vegetarian, and you're like okay like they have to switch it up day after day but like having that and, and most of the properties have a it was I, at a catering convention it was at a catering Ooh, convention that is crazy. right yeah but most of the properties have a daily vegetarian meal so it's a uh you know mushroom or a vegetarian um wellington depending uh -huh. on it or really stuffed peppers and really really nice hearty items that they have on a rotation so if the, if a group's there for five days you know they're going to get a different vegetarian meal at a different meal service so that's like a really proactive way to get in front of it um, and I like I really like that idea of you know making it great and then bringing it out first and then I think those folks if they're presented with uh, their uh, table mates giving the oohs and ahs when their plate comes out that's going to make them feel real good huh? and the only bad thing about that is somebody sees what the vegetarian yeah. or vegan item is and like I want that and not what I ordered right. but you always have that you have you know if you had a meat and 
an addition, you're like, gosh, that kind of looks really awesome. I think I want to have that. So it's it's a constant, you know, battle. But you just want to be honest and upfront with like your server to know, and, and you hope your servers have pre-shifts that they know, like what's in the food if a menu card is not provided. So you're you're really informing people the right way. There's a lot of pressure that's put on them now. You oh know, yeah. Instead of just saying, gosh, here's chicken dinner. Now you're like, here's your chicken dinner with and with and with and with and with and just right. to kind of know what goes into it. And it's got to be a free-range chicken that uh, was massaged. Uh, it's all life or something you know? and you know back in the day when organic food started to become a thing and uh, you know we thought that like you know as properties we looked at like what we were washing our dishes with and what we we're using in our restroom facilities and, and the food and the, it was so cost prohibitive and it still is like that's backed yeah. off a little bit I think the food quality is more important but there was a, a time that like it was just so much more expensive and then as we as consumers started buying more organic maybe the vegetables and the way that they were washed were a better way to go and maybe your dairy so but the organic thing is kind of like gone away I think in, in banquet world as I call it and as mm -hmm. consumers were going in but really just never because it was cost yeah it was cost over what was nice to have we're still looking at carbon footprints and where things are sourced from locally you still want to know all those things right. but the actually organic menu like not as much request as it was like four or five years ago and we thought that was going to be the next great bad trend end all to be all yeah I wonder if that that sort of movement has brought the overall quality of food up in general well, I think people want to know where their food's coming from. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that's not a dietary restriction is just like, you know, when you wake up every day and it's going to be a good day, you're going to eat better. Yeah. Like, to try to dial back on the processed foods. I think, if anything, like, we keep learning, like, it's not great to right. throw a TV dinner in a microwave, and yeah. yeah, it's only 250 calories, but it's full of all sorts of crap, right? Right. So you're like, like I think we're trying, and with all the um, the movement of all of the meal kits, yeah. You know, and I think that like that was kind of the start of that. Like we want to know what's going in it. That's okay that we eat our fat, and it's made with cream and sugar, but we we don't want like everything that's going to have it have a, a super long shelf life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of what we want in banquet food too. We want things that are house made. We don't want and let, unless you really want the personal containers, you're in an outdoor event or necessity requires you to have food like that. You just don't want the you don't want the bad things going in you. And, and I think that that's probably kind of an informal trend of really looking at it and, and less processed as you go along. Well, and then uh, just one one final question: uh, What do you see down the line? I know it's hard to predict things like that, but when people come to Las Vegas in five or ten years. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of, of license to just make stuff up with a question like this, but what do you think? Well, I think we've just seen the beginning of Celebrity Chefs, yeah. and um, I think, this is my thought, um, I, I believe we're going to start to incorporate Celebrity Chef menus into our normal menus, where we're going to be making Reyes meatballs, or we might make uh, Giada's lemon cookies in a, in a banquet facility. They'll be at a they'll be at an elevated price because there's, you know, all sorts of lease agreements with this. But I think that meeting planners and, and guests especially have so much to do and they're in such limited time, but they want to try these places that they see on TV. I mean, Saturday morning, I'm glued, I'm watching chop, I'm watching everything and saying, what the heck is that? And yeah. I want to know about that and all those kind of good things. I think that by incorporating celebrity chef food into more of a banquet realm, um, I think that that's like, that's where I kind of see the future. And it might just be one or two items, but gosh, to say, that you've had 
Bobby Flay's shrimp tamales uh -huh. like it, at your banquet event that's kind of cool that I didn't get to the restaurant or I couldn't necessarily afford to go or for whatever reason but I was in an event that I have the tamale that I've seen him do so and, and all their friends are going to see it on Instagram all their friends are going to see it yeah and making food pretty I mean it's yeah. not that it's not always pretty but we really talked about like the scope of um, a buffet like do you and how many people are there is it single-sided double-sided like where how are they sitting all those things and like uh, like paella, are you going with a big pan that's four feet, you know, wide with all the seafood? And it's visually like sunny. Or are you going with a little personal container that's an inch and a half wide that has a shrimp? Tastes all the same, has all the same goodies in yeah. it. Yeah. But what's like your aha moment? Which are you more impressed by? Right. So I think it's that balance. And we just did an event where we had a Mexican salad. We use similar paella pan, so it's it's shallow. So you know you're not getting the one or two salad leaves at the end of the bowl that don't have any of the goodies on top. So there's that constant like the awesomeness of, of this really big salad but it's that wow moment now you can do the same thing in a clear cup with the dressing on the bottom so nothing's wilting so yeah. a very some like what's better it depends on what your group wants right you know it's just it's hard to test so you you ask the questions and maybe you do half and half right right well thank you for joining us michelle you're welcome it's been a pleasure and uh thank you all for listening to our podcast today um, and go over to uh, meetingstoday.com and we have a special podcast section set up there with uh, all sorts of uh, interesting, we hope, uh, interviews with uh, industry experts. So thank you for joining us and have a great rest of the day, whatever it is you're up to.